Okay, you guys ready? All right, I'm ready. Uh, before I begin uh, the service, I have to call out Pastor Andy. Pastor Andy, if you could stand real quick. Yes, he's up on the balcony. This is my partner in, minis- in ministry, in ministry. Not just- <laughs> I love you, bro. Like, he really helps me tremendously. Uh, there was, this was not planned. This, me preaching was actually planned last Sunday. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to preach. There were, there were some things that were in place, but things change, of course, so I had to step in. And Andy, just thank you for releasing me to do this today. I uh, thank you, brother. So with that said, let's get to it. It's funny, just trying to prepare a message on a time frame. <laughs> You're like, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? And I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, speak to me. I'm praying to him. And I just wanted to share this funny story. It was pretty funny. I was in my room, and I was with my mom, and she's like, okay, Frank, like, wear a suit. We're trying to figure out what I'm going to wear. You know how moms are, right? She didn't dress me then. I dressed myself. I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> so there I am, all right? And I'm like, man, Lord, I, I know what I want to say, but what do you want me to say? And I'm just going back and forth with him. And then, like, he started to speak to me. And when he speaks to me, I pull out my phone, and I start taking notes. So my mom's looking at me in this process, and she's like, God texts? And I'm like, no, 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 mom. That doesn't start happening until OSL level five. <laughs> Not just kidding. Shout out to level fives. You guys are, you guys are going to have a lot of fun. But anyways, I, was just, I thought that was funny. So today's message is the glory of God's vision. The glory of God's vision. The last time I was here, I talked about the glory of worship. All right, but we're going to talk about the glory of God's vision. There's so much glory to be found in the Father. I'm going to give you some key words to be looking out for, and that is the calling that is revelation, and more importantly, lordship. I'm going to be talking about these topics today. Um, it's a two-part in this sermon. I'm going to share my testimony, and then I'm going to give you the word. Is that cool? I'm going to put myself out there so you can see how the God gets the glory, right? Okay, so let me start here. So at, uh, yeah, okay, so let me give you a portion of it. When I was eight months as a baby, at dedication, it was prophesied that I was called to the ministry. My mother was happy. She was joyful. I was a baby, so I didn't really comprehend anything. But when I began to understand the call upon my life, when people would come to me, you know how people are, especially mom, like, hey, you're called to the ministry, you know, just like trying to get you to go, get you to go. When I had uh, come to that place where I was old enough to decide, I was gone. I ran. I wanted nothing to do with ministry. It's just, I'm going to be real today. (laughs) I ran. I didn't want to be a part of it because I had my own vision for my life. There were things that I wanted to do, plans that I had made, things that just happened over the years. And I was like, nah, you know, God's vision, God's plan, what he's calling calling me to really isn't what I want. I want to do this thing. This is what I feel is right. It's going to get real today. Don't get uncomfortable. There were many instances in my life where the Lord would use people to remind me of the call. I didn't share this uh, first service, but I'm going to give it to you because we actually ended early. I'll still try to end early. Don't worry. But <laughs> I'm notorious for going long at the warehouse. I think the longest I've ever gone is an hour. Andy likes to remind me all the time, especially the kids. <laughs> 
But anyways, so there was this one time in my life, I was uh, living in Pasadena, I was in middle school, and we had decided to go to this burger place, it's called Rick's, I don't know if you know about it, do you guys know about it? Oh, cool, it's really good, really good food, I don't think it's there anymore, but I'm there, and I'm waiting to get my food with my dad, it's just him and I, and then there's this homeless man sitting at a table, minding his own business, I'm minding my own business, I'm trying to eat, right, I'm hungry. All of a sudden, the guy just comes up to me and says, hey, you're called to be a pastor. And I'm like, I'm just trying to eat, man. <laughs> what? He's just telling me all these things and just like prophetically declaring things over my life. And I'm like, dude, like, go home or something. No, I don't want to hear this. I was in the car on the way home and I was just crying. I was like, oh, man, the Lord just totally ministered to me. I didn't know how to handle it. All I knew is that, again, I just didn't want it. Sadly to say, it's very sad. The reality was this, is, is that I knew of God. I knew of him. I didn't really know him. I knew of God. I knew of Jesus. I knew of salvation. But I just wanted Jesus as Savior. I didn't want him as Lord of my life. And that is a recipe for disaster. How many of us know that before you can believe in Jesus as Savior, you must first declare him as Lord? It's just how it works. You find that in Romans 10, 9. But thankfully, God really began to refine me as my life began to unfold. He was there. He was always there pursuing me, trying to show me, calling out to me his vision for my life. Before I became a youth pastor, I started joining various ministries. My first ministry I ever joined here was choir. But for three years, I was under the radar. I didn't want anybody to know about me. I would, like, sit back there and be... One thing, though, is that I always enjoyed worship, especially at Valley. That was the one thing that attracted me here. So unfortunately, I didn't care for the word at the time. <laughs> but if worship was involved, if Rosie was singing, I was there. <laughs> So anyways, I went from choir, and then all of a sudden, I found myself across the street at Warehouse, and I, I joined their leadership, and I was under Pastor Matt, and he began to just show me things and reveal things, and little did I know God was prepping me for today in my ignorance. And all the while, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to serve com from uh, convenience. I know my talents, I know my giftings, I know what I can do, but I wanted, to be, I wanted it to be convenient. I didn't want to go above and beyond. I wanted to do just enough to where I felt good so I was able to do everything else that I wanted to do in my life. That's another recipe for disaster. There is no growth in that because the Lord likes to stretch. He likes to fill and overflow. I gave him no place for that because I was leading. I took lead. I'm the captain now. Have you seen that movie? Oh, whoa, it just went over your head. I'm sorry. <laughs> captain Philip, good movie, I think. So, despite my foolishness, again, the Lord was on the move. And then one day, you know, in order for uh, you to be a leader at the warehouse, you have to do OSL level one. It's just a requirement. So here's OSL level one and this is the first time in my life that I sought the Lord with that intensity, removing all the distractions 
Because there were so many things in my life pulling me to the left, to the right. I wasn't making any progress. I was stuck. I was stagnant. I was going to church. But in my running, in my running, in my running, I wasn't really going anywhere. Does that make sense? So here's OSL level one. There's all these requirements. I'm like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I had a submission issue, but I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it my all. It's only a couple of weeks. What, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> the Lord got me. That's what happened. So you're only required to like watch certain uh, movies and, and like for a certain amount of time you have media, whatever. So I watched this movie, The Ten Commandments. Have we heard of that movie? Great movie. Never seen it before. I knew I had to see it because I'm a movie buff. It's just one of those movies you got to watch. So here I am in my room all alone watching this movie, and I'm looking at Moses' life. Of course, they have Hollywood in there, but I'm looking at the man who's called. That God had a vision for this man, and he made this tremendous impact. And I was there. I was humbled. And at the end of it, I found myself just praying to the Lord. I was like, Lord... Like, I want that. I want to make that type of an impact. I want my life to mean something. I want to help people. I want to do, you know, great things. And the Lord was like, okay, I got you, Frank. I hear you. I think it was about a week or two later, they offered me to be the youth pastor at a warehouse. I was like, Lord, no, you didn't hear me. <laughs> you heard me wrong. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm thinking like movie star. I'm thinking like singer, not this, right? It's like, no, you want to make an impact. You want to make a, a difference in someone's life. What greater way, way is there than leading them to salvation, right? What I've come to realize is this, because what ended up happening is that, you know, I said yes, and I remember the day I had been fighting with the Lord for like four days because I was only given a certain amount of time to where I had to say yes. And I already knew the answer, but I was pretending like I didn't. It's like, Lord, what's the answer? I already told you what it is. No, but Lord, what's the answer? I already told you what it is. You know, just going back and forth. And then finally I said yes, and I was mourning. I was like... <gasps> I was in my room, I come out, my mom's standing there, she's like, Frank, what happened? I'm just like, I, I, I said yes, you know? <laughs> I did not know God's heart. I did not understand his call. I did not understand his vision for my life. And what I've come to realize is that the things of God, the call, the purposes of God seem very unappealing when there is no revelation of who he is, when there's no relationship, when there's no understanding. How many of us here today have found ourselves in that place where he's telling you to do something, but you're like, nah, I'd rather do this. Hang in there, don't leave. I said yes, but not with a joyful heart. But then I was like, Lord, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to just get into this. If this is what you have for me, all right, there has to be a reason. I'm going to go. It's kind of like Peter. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, I love you. Well, then do what I told you to do. Feed my sheep. And he was basically telling him, look, I'm going to get you to this place. You're the rock. You're the rock. Like, Rocky, hey, rock, let's do it, you know? Like, round two, let's keep going. You're the rock. 
Hang in there. Oh, man. So, let me talk about another key moment in my life. Pastor Terry. Love Pastor Terry. She has such a heart for people. We have a college group that meets on Fridays, the first Friday of every month. And it was actually year two. I had already been a pastor, youth pastor, for a year. And God had really been working in me and just bringing this new understanding. And then finally, we're at this moment where we're talking about identity, who we are in Christ, the call, and all these things. And Pastor Terry comes to our college group and gives everybody a name study. And then she comes to me. And I'll tell you this, you guys. It is so true. It is so true. Get this. Here's the thing about our names. If you could turn to John 10.3. John 10.3. There's such significance behind knowing what God calls you. That's why I love that we do name studies here. Something I'd never experienced. There's power behind it. But John 10.3, this is speaking of Jesus, the true shepherd. To him, the doorkeeper opens, the scripture says, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Notice that the sheep hear his voice. All right? The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When you look at the Greek, calls, What does it mean? It means to call out. It means to call to attention. It means to invite. It's an invitation, a call for a specific purpose. When God calls, he's inviting you to something. So what's the revelation? The Lord calls us by name. He calls you according to his anointing, his specific purpose and plan for your life. Every one of us here, as Pastor Dan said, the Lord has fashioned our days. There is such significance to be found in the Lord for your life. No one goes to waste. You weren't a mistake. Everybody in this room has a purpose. Too many people die not knowing that there's a purpose in their life. It's an invitation to what's available to you through him, okay? So let me give you an illustration. My name is Francisco Andrew Betts. Francisco means literally free, okay? And the spiritual meaning is victorious. And you know what's even better? Because I go by Frankie. I don't go by Francisco. It just so happens that Frankie means free man. And Andrew, the literal meaning is courageous. And the spiritual meaning is enduring. Do you see the invitation? Do you see the revelation? The purpose? The call? It's amazing what happens when it's defined. When you, like, how your life can change just by knowing who you are. Okay? So... The thing that really got me in this whole process is when she's speaking to me is that the Lord, he called me this before I was born. Knowing that I would be bound. Because I was bound to fear. I was bound to anger. So many things. But before all that even happened, 
the Lord called me free. He called me victorious. He called me courageous. He called me enduring. He was inviting me, saying, Frank, this is what I have for you. What you want, what you desire, that's not even the half of it. No, this is better. I'm inviting you up here. Why are you like scraping the bottom of the barrel? Now, of course, we're all free and victorious in Jesus. All right? We're all called. We all have that specific purpose. We all have that freedom and victory. But nevertheless, that day, Pastor Terry helped me realize that this is my ministry. This is the ministry that the Lord has entrusted me with to declare freedom and victory in the lives of his people. And for those who do not yet know him, those he has called according to his purpose. And I said this first service, I drive people nuts. They come to me with their things. And I'm just like, do you know you're free though? You don't have to go through that. You don't have to feel that. There's freedom, there's liberty in Jesus. And they're just like, but I feel this. And I have to tell them, I have to try and get them to understand. And, we'll, you know, they, they get tired of me. But I can't say anything else. I know better now. There's so many things that we go through that we deal with that we do not have to. You're a free man and woman of God, victorious in him. Oh, man, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, how does this all relate to today's message? If you can get to Proverbs 29.18. Proverbs 29.18. This scripture has really hit me, like in these last couple of months. I think since June. One of the pastors that dedicated just said it, and it just was ringing in me. It would not leave me alone. It says, Proverbs 29 18, I'm reading out of the King James Version, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. We're going to talk about what it means to keep the law. We know that the law is fulfilled in love, the greatest commandment, right? To love God the Father and then love our neighbors with that agape love, that unconditional love, that love that isn't contingent. I'm going to love you if you love me. I'm going to be nice to you if you're nice to me. No, I'm going to love you despite how you treat me because my God loves me unconditionally. Here's some things that I want you to know. Vision in the Hebrew, okay, where there is no vision, he's, it's saying where there is no revelation. And you go a little bit deeper, it's divine conversation. Where there's no conversation between you and God. That relationship, that intimacy, I use that word, I know that word's kind of like, ooh, intimacy. But I want you to understand the gravity of the word, it is intimacy. That level, that intimacy where you're unified, where you're sharing feelings and thoughts, where you become one. You guys hear me? Where there is no divine conversation, the people perish. And when you look at that word, it means in the Hebrew, to act as leader, it means to neglect, 
to ignore. So when you combine this phrase, when you combine the words and all that it says, where there is no vision, the people perish, what is it saying? People who act as leader, very much like I did. No, I want to do it my way. I don't want to do it any other way. I'm comfortable here. It's convenient here. I like it here. People who act as leader, who neglect the words of God, what he has said and what he is saying. We know that God speaks more than once. He's always wanting to talk to you. Again, that divine conversation. He loves talking to you. That's his heart. He wants to reach out to you. People who act as leader, who neglect the words of God, become vulnerable to the tactic of the enemy, and that is perishing, to perish. John 10.10, the enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy. You think about this. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Didn't God give the word to Adam to keep the garden, to tend to it? What happened when he slacked off a bit? Sin. Do you see the importance of observing and keeping? Does that make sense? I hope that didn't go over your head. So, they become vulnerable to the tactic of the enemy. 1 Peter 5.8 says that the enemy is like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, for someone to give them that opportunity to come in and just munch. We must be alert. We must be sober-minded. We must be observing what the Lord is saying continually. Because he has a fresh word, continually. He has a purpose, continually. Ministry is eternal, but tasks change. Does that make sense? There's a new assignment every day of your life. So, now considering this, Okay, Romans eleven twenty nine. 29, I have to say this. This does not withdraw the call or gifting upon your life. That is always there for you. God is always calling you that. He's calling to you, saying, come to me. Come receive from me. I have this for you. It is yours. You'll never lose it. You did that thing. It's okay. It's still yours. It's for you. But recognize what is being said. The one that guards, observes, care for the words of God, blessed is he. And you go into the root, it means that you're walking straight and making progress. You're not stagnant. You're not lost. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? Without Jesus, I don't know which way I'm going. Without Jesus, I am confused. I don't even know what the truth is. Without Jesus... I have no life. I could live. But there's always that, that, that unfulfillment. Am I speaking to anybody here? I'm going to give you some homework to check out. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Read that on your own time. And then Psalms 119, 105. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, 
and then Psalms 119, uh, 105. See, this is the result of saying yes to God's vision. But he that keepeth the law happy is he. He that observe God's words, happy is he. He who does not neglect what the Lord is saying, happy is he. I'll tell you, I made more progress in three years of my life following and submitting to God than I have in 24 years where I was leader. Look at where I am. If I would have been doing what I've been doing, I would have been in my room right now, probably playing video games at 27 years old or watching like church on TV so I didn't feel guilty. <laughs> you do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. And I'm not saying that when you answer the call, it's going to be easy. No, it's, it's a journey. But though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right, the Lord is with you. He's leading you. He's protecting you. He's entrenched you. And he's just, oh, he's so good. So now get this. The reality uh, for the perishing, Second Peter 3.9. 2 Peter 3.9. This is regarding God's ultimate will when it comes to his promise. But it's also speaking about the promise of Jesus coming back. Okay? So 2 Peter 3.9 says this. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us. Not what? Willing. You know what that means? Not desiring. Not desiring that any should what? Perish. But that what? All should come to repentance. See, the key to or the anecdote to perishing is repentance, which I'm about to explain right now. That word perish, it means at its root, because it's actually two words, it's separation. Ultimately, God does not want to be separated from you. That is not his desire in any way, shape, or form. He will do everything that he can to make sure that that is not a reality in your life. But you ultimately have to make the choice, the decision. He does not will that there would be that separa separation. And also destruction. He does not will destruction for your life. This is speaking of the wages of sin. This is speaking of the lusts of the flesh. This is speaking of the law of death. His desire is that you would not have to cope with these things, but be released from these things. He does not want you to be ruined. He doesn't want you to be loosened or weakened. That is not his desire for your life. Oh, man. He desires that he's not willing that anybody should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Get this. God always... God always desires life, not death for all. Saved, unsaved. He always starts with life. Where there is no vision, the people perish. You think about the Old Testament. All the prophets that he would speak to, have conversations with, he would give them revelation to spare the people. You even think about Pharaoh. All he, what did Moses say? Hey, let my people go. That's it. He was trying to spare him for what was going to come. 
But the fool didn't want to listen. Then what about the New Testament? God starts with, I mean, Jesus starts with what? Condemnation? No. I'm not preaching heresy up here. <laughs> he doesn't start with condemnation. He starts with salvation. He came, he came to save. But then he will judge. The way to life is open. It's, it's there. It's for you. He's saying, come, come, come before it is too late. I'm trying to spare you from something. I'm trying to give you access to something. There's more to this life than just salvation. Salvation is so vast. It's not just getting to heaven. There's so many things that he wants to do in your life. I think, I love how Pastor Dan says it. You know, we live far below what is given to us. There's so much more. But how does Pastor Dan know that? How do I know that? Did we just have an epiphany one day? No, the Lord. We pursued the Lord and he has revealed that to us. And he wants to reveal the very same thing to you. Oh, man. God desires life, not death. All right? Thus, repentance. In the Greek, that means a change of mind for the better. Okay? A change of mind for the better. Be it one's intention, like your purpose, like, oh, I want to do this. Change that or your actions. There's things that are hindering you from receiving the fullness of God. You think about John and Jesus. Repentance makes way for the power and promise of salvation. I said at first service, it is by no coincidence that John came baptizing in repentance before Jesus came baptizing with the Holy Spirit. What did he say? I'm like that voice crying out in the wilderness, make way for the one with power to come, the one with the ability, who's bringing life, who's bringing salvation, who's bringing the will of God. Everything was leading up to Jesus dying on the cross, communion, so that we would have life, so that we would not be separated, so that we would not suffer ruin, but be free and victorious. John 3.16 says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not what? Perish, but have everlasting life. And I love preaching on everlasting life. I tell the kids all the time, it is that life, it is that true life that God intended for man, for woman, it is that life worthy of the name. Worthy of the definition. I said at first service, you can live a life without God. But it is, it pales in comparison to the life you can live in submission to the call, to the vision, to the freedom and release that you could only find in him. It's absolute fullness of life. It's spiritual and physical wellness. You think about this, and this is how I like to combat people who just don't believe that healing is for today. When man sinned, they died, help me out here, spiritually, right? And then they began to die physically. So when Christ brought us this new life, 
if we begin to live spiritually, will that not affect us physically? Right? See, we like to disconnect them like they don't connect for some reason. But no, that's not the system. That's not how it works. They've always been connected. The world that we live in, the spiritual effects, the physical. So let's go a little bit deeper into this everlasting life. Romans 8, 1 through 2. Romans 8, 1 through 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So what is, what, is, what is he saying? He's saying the one who walks according to the spirit. For there is now no condemnation, right? Who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who walk according to the spirit, hosting the presence, regulates their life, yields to the leading of the Holy Spirit continually. Because the Holy Spirit leads us into all what? Truth. John 16, 13. Again, there's always a fresh word. He's always saying something, but are you hearing him? Are you listening to him? Are you yielding to his word? The one who regulates their life, yielding to the leading of the Holy Spirit, progresses into the law and life of the Spirit and is made free from the law of sin and death. Thank you. <laughs> free in the Greek means set at liberty. Free from the dominion of sin. Made to receive freedom continually. That freedom, that liberty that only comes from God. That only comes from the glory of his presence. You hear me? And not just free from the law of sin but free from the law of death, the power of death. And when you look at the original language, it's the loss of that life which alone is worthy of the name. You're free from the fruit of sin. Again, you have access to life. You think about this. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Then why do sometimes we feel condemned? If the word says there's no condemnation, why do we sometimes feel condemned? Could it be that we're not yielding to the word of God? He doesn't condemn us. Remember, he comes to save. Life is available to you. That's the enemy. That's the tactic. But we're making ourselves vulnerable. Do you get what I'm saying? So, again, the one who is yielding to the spirit, his leading, his word, finds freedom. I heard a pastor say this once. He said this, and it, it, I wish I said it. But the Lord gave him the revelation. <laughs> if you believe that you're not free from the power of sin until you die, then death is your savior. So I asked this question. 
Why subject ourselves to the tactic of the enemy? Why give power to that which Jesus, through his blood, through his body, why give power to that which Jesus made powerless? Am I getting on anyone's nerves yet? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry. So, let's say this. With all that, when the Lord really began to show that to me, I offered up my life in honor to God's vision, in honor to God's call, in honor of, of Jesus' work, what he did on the cross. I gave of myself. As the word says, offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is what? True worship. We're going to come full circle. Matthew 16, 24 through 25. Matthew 16, 24 through 25 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Follow my example. Do as I do. You think about this, Luke 6.40. I love this scripture. What is, a disciple is not above his teacher, but he who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. How are we perfectly trained to be like the teacher? By the word of God. Chew on that one for a bit. Oh, man. Check this out. Before I said yes to the vision, the call, I was perishing. I was holding on to something that the word revealed to me was going to guarantee me tremendous loss. I wanted my life, not for the sake of Jesus. I wanted my life. But then I said yes, and I was like, okay, all right. I got this. Let's do this. I'm going to go for it. Again, I didn't do it with a joyful heart. But I was still perishing because the Lord wanted to renew my thinking. He wanted to release me from some things. Because I was serving out a sacrifice. I was like, man, all right, I'll do it. It's a sacrifice. Everybody has to do it. So whatever, I'll do it. It sucks. That was my heart. But thank God that he checked me, right? He began to really work with me and say, okay, look, it does, it's not as bad as whoever told you, who you've been listening to, as Pastor says. <laughs> all right? But look at this. Oh, man. Keiko, you weren't here for a service, but I have to thank you. Because the Lord gave you revelation that really, truly impacted my life. Impacted my life. This was, we were at a, a, a dinner with uh, staff. And we were all in a circle, and we were going around talking about ministry of the year. Like what the Lord had been doing, what are some of the things he had been saying, and just changing. And think about this. I had already been a youth pastor for a year. Yes, the Lord was working on me, but I was still serving from sacrifice. But then Keiko said, what an honor. What an honor it is to serve the Lord. And I sat there and I was like, man, Lord, I'm so sorry. What have I been doing? You've called me. You answered my prayer, my heart's call. 
to really make a difference. What an honor it is to serve you. Completely changed my life. So what is the lesson? Revelation, all right, where there's no revelation, the people perish, but where there is revelation, all right? Oh, man. Sorry, I just have to breathe a bit. <laughs> revelation empowers people to repent and make way for life to flourish. The word of Pastor Gary telling me, you're called, you're called, you're called. All right. Then, uh, pa yeah, Pastor Gary, you're called. Then, Pastor Terry, all right, this is what you're called to. All right. And then, Keiko, when you're serving, this ministry that you're called to, what an honor. See how the Lord just sent people who make themselves available to him on a daily basis. You know he wants to do that in your life too? You don't have to be up here. You don't have to go to college for this. So here's something to think about. If I was perishing, I really had this thought. If I was perishing for 24 years, how much more were the people around me perishing? All these people within my reach that I would come across that need a word, a specific word or something to happen. But I was so lost in myself, in my own vision. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? For 24 years I did this. It's not okay. It's just not okay. Think about it. Yes, God is sovereign. But where would his church be today if at the beginning, what if Abraham, Abram never said yes? All these people that he entrusted his ministry to, what if they said no? He has called us, he has called mankind to make an impact in this world. To bring his glory, to bring glory to his name. Know this and take it to heart. <laughs> you have a purpose. You have a call. There's a reason why you're here today. There's a reason why you woke up this morning. There's a reason why you're sitting here listening to my words. But are you hearing what the Lord is trying to say? And not only are you hearing, but are you ready to give of yourself? Like these men and women of the word. The men and women you see here, are you ready to give of yourself? As pastor says, extravagantly, without reservation, not holding anything back, not saving anything for yourself, but saying, Lord, take me. I'm yours. What would you have me do? There's people in schools that are perishing, in this government that are perishing, outside these walls that are perishing, and God has given you a word for them. What has he said? What is he saying. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? So I'll say this last thing, because again, we can kind of get caught up in like, okay, well, your name's pretty cool, Frankie. Free, victorious, all that stuff. What about me? I don't know what my name means. I said this in the first service. There is no greater identity to be found than in the name of Jesus. What does God call you in Jesus?
He calls you righteous. He calls you ambassador. More importantly, Galatians 3.26, he calls you child. I think about that. He calls you child. That has to mean something. So I encourage you. Uh, I was hoping for music, but it's okay. <laughs> As I close. Oh, here we go. I heard the door open. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yes. Yes. The Lord is not slack on his promise. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you, Melissa. You know, I work with Melissa across the street, and she just, man, she makes me sound good. She's so talented, so gifted. Thank you, Melissa. Pastor Melissa. How do I hear the Lord? Again, divine conversation. Is it limited to conversation? No, you have worship. You have discipleship. You have leadership. You have the word. You have so many things. that the Lord, You have so many resources. The Lord wants to speak to you. There is no excuse. Right, Pastor Dan? <laughs> if you remember his teaching from a couple weeks ago. If you go to Matthew 6, or write this down, Matthew 6 verse 6 it's talking about the model prayer the attitude of when we pray when you talk to God do you talk to God as God or do you talk to God as Father think about that do you come expecting to receive think about it he gives an attitude he says alright Know the name of the Father. Know his reputation. Know his title. Know what he's capable of. Everything he did in the Old Testament, he'll do for you. Everything he did in the New Testament, he'll do for you. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so is God the Father because he came to show the heart of God. Get into the secret place. Talk to him. It says here, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. God is looking in the secret place. He wants to get alone with you in the secret place, this place that is only reserved for you and for him where he dwells that's where the father is in the secret place you know where that place is it's in you as pastor dan said we are the temple of the holy spirit god resides in you and he wants to get out you look at that what it means in the original language when you look at room it's a dispenser it says it's a distributor. You go into this room to receive something. God wants to release his words into your life so that you can impact those around you. He has so much planned for you. But are you hearing him? Are you willing to do what he has asked you to do? Do you hear me? Get in the secret place and you will find your calling, your specific purpose. For me, it's youth pastor. For you, I don't know. But what I do know is your call to greatness. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your glory, for your vision upon each and every one of us. 
that you have not left anyone out, Father God. You have not left anyone out. The invitation still stands. Come, come to me. Receive me. Receive my lordship. Receive my salvation so that life could outpour, so that you can impact every area of your life and the lives of those around you. You encounter on the street, in your families, at the workplace, whatever it may be, however it may be. It's not limited to a sermon. You may just have a simple word, Father God, to go hug someone to go be caring for someone, to uplift someone in need, to lay hands on somebody. Whatever it may be, may we be sensitive to your leading, Father. May we develop that keen ear to hear your word and not get comfortable. May we have that revelation, Father, that only you could give. All glory and honor to you, Father. I thank you for who you are in my life. And I thank you for who you are in theirs. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you haven't answered the call, if you do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I encourage you today is a day, now is the time. Do not wait. Do not go another day. We have people up here that will pray with you. I will be, I will be up here. Come to me, because you are called. Okay? Have a great day. Love you.